continue to create stuff that's valuable and stuff that makes you happy. Don't worry about the likes. Don't worry about people liking it. Do it because you love to do it and because it makes you feel a certain way when you do it. Hello, and welcome back to South Asian Stories, where we hear from South Asians around the world and then cover their identities, successes, failures, and most importantly, stories. I'm your host, Samir Desai. In this episode, I chat with Sandeep Kaur Gill. Sandeep, better known as the Sandy Lion, is the stylist and image consultant with the simple goal of helping people look and feel their best about themselves. With over 100,000 followers on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, Sandeep uses her social media platforms to support brands, raise awareness, showcase designers, and build her brand in a way that reflects her love of fashion and her incredible sense of compassion and belief in community. Sandeep has worked closely with celebrities including Lily Singh, Bina Minhaj, Nabila Noor, Deepika Mutyala, and Humble the Poet. She promotes creativity over couture and creates content online with the goal of helping others find confidence with themselves and looking stylish within a budget. Sandeep is also a brand ambassador for Nike, Gillette, and Neurostrata and has worked with other notable brands including Apple, Guest Jeans, and Aldo Shoes. Sandeep has worked as an elementary school teacher in Brampton, Canada, and has also partnered with organizations to help spread access to education to girls around the world. She even has a children's book. So in this conversation, we discuss how Sandeep got her start in style and her intimate process with clients, the one item of clothing that Sandeep recommends every girl should have, as well as the amazing story of how she became the face of a Nike campaign. So without further ado... Please enjoy my conversation with Sandeep Gill. Sandeep, welcome to South Asian Stories. We're so, so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I, I love talking to people. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm sure everyone who is listening has seen her Instagram, and there have been some fire looks that you've done for so many people. And uh, I think, like, you have close to 100,000 followers. Like, is that crazy to you i mean yeah it's pretty it's pretty crazy it's been many years in the works so i think like i've just grown in a way where it's like i'm becoming more used to it if that makes sense yeah and they're like real to me they're like real people (laughs) in my life that's right yeah and and they're people who who care for you and who follow you because they love what you're doing um but i want to start way at the beginning i want to start completely at the at your background where did you grow up and uh, what was your childhood like so I grew up in uh, Toronto so I was born in Brantford which is close to Hamilton if you're if you guys are familiar with Toronto and then we moved around quite a bit between like Rexdale, Malton, Mississauga and then settled in Brampton I'm the youngest of four girls, uh, Punjabi family, parents, typical story of immigrants coming into the country. And then they had four daughters. And yeah, so I grew up around a lot of love. My parents are very like loving and affectionate. Um, So and then I have three older sisters. So it was very much like five parents. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then yeah, and like, the age gap between me and my eldest sister is like 12 years. So, you know, like she's always been like my mom just like grew up in like a very loving um, family where I I was never really held back. Just always pushed to pursue my, whatever I wanted to pursue. And would you say your family was pretty Indian or like pretty Punjabi? Like, did you guys have both Canadian as well as Punjabi elements in your household? What was that like? Um, I'd say that they were more so Punjabi. Yeah, like they're very, very Punjabi. English is a second language for everybody in my family, including (laughs) me and my sisters. So there was a lot of like, to this day, we get in trouble if we speak English in front of my mom. So like that's Punjabi and Sikhi was very much um, a part of my my childhood. Um, But at the same time, my parents did always encourage us to, you know, like, 
do whatever else if it was non-Punjabi that, you know, um, caught our attention or like was making us interested or whatnot. And also growing up in Toronto, you grow up, you're around people of all different cultures. And so whether you're Punjabi, you're also at the same time learning and immersing yourself in other people's cultures because that's who your neighbor is. That's the people in your class. Um, Those are your friends. So... It was a little bit of everything. I grew up doing Pangra, so mm-hmm. I I was just I was very much involved in like the Punjabi culture. Uh, my parents taught us a lot about Sikhi as well, and um, yeah, so just kind of amongst everything, but never like in a forceful way, and never also being held back from anything else. That's so cool. And um, at an early age, Sandeep, did you feel that you were interested in? your image, your style, your fashion, was that something early on or did you develop that later on? Well, I get asked this question so much and like I think I've kind of figured it out on the way because that's not something that I I thought about like in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but growing up, I always loved fashion and I always loved dressing up, but because, you know, money was always um, an issue, like it wasn't like I, I wasn't able to always buy a lot of different <laughs> outfits and like every year for back to school shopping my mom would like buy me and my sister Suki who's the closest in age to me she would buy us like a collective wardrobe so she would be like here's four shirts and four pants like y'all figure it out (laughs) so that kind of taught me to be as creative as I could be with what I had sure and also like I had older sisters so I would always ask them to borrow their clothes and like if my sister would go out on vacation I'd totally raid her closet and just like wear all her stuff while she was gone yeah yeah and then secretly put it back (laughs) Um, so there was always this like kind of enthusiasm towards fashion and this like curiosity and then just making do with what I had to be able to be fashionable and like also yeah my dad is always someone who puts a lot of effort into his image and taking care of himself self-care and like being fashionable so being around someone who was like that um kind of inspired me to do the same yeah totally and do you have an earliest memory of your favorite piece of item or favorite piece of clothing that you just absolutely loved that you either stole from your sister's closet or something that you had that you couldn't uh, be oh, seen without. Oh dear, I hope sisters are listening because this is all that, everything is coming out. My sister Gurjeet had this shirt that one of her friends I think gave her or made for her. It was two pieces and it was like her friend had cut it into two pieces and then put it back together with safety pins. Oh, wow. And like I saw that and I was just like, what is this? <laughs> Mind blown. And I, yeah. And I was just like, I need to have this. But obviously she she was like, this is a gift for my friend. Like you're not of age. Like you're too young to be wearing this. And also like she's like, it's mine. I totally rocked that shirt. Oh, man. And do you have yeah. any idea where it is or is it still is it it's still somewhere? <laughs> no, it's probably in the garbage. Like it's probably gone now. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's been at least 20 years since the story. Yeah. And are there any pieces or anything that you have that is still from your teenager, teenage life or childhood or back home that you just cherish because it's important to you? Yeah, I have this, um, I think I have two dresses that my mom got for me when I was like, I think like five or six and it was around like Christmas time. So it was like my holiday dress Okay, we wore to all the holiday parties. So she kept it. I didn't even keep it, but my mom kept it. And like, yeah, we have it in like a little box. It's a little green dress. Maybe nice. I'll pull it out one day. I have no idea, but yeah, maybe for future generations or f- your future nephews or nieces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Okay. So, um, you, you, you've so always, you know, your family's been into like, you know, uh, you know, keeping together and self care. But was that something on your mind of like, Hey, this could be something I could do as a career? Or was it just still like, Hey, let me get a good education? Did you go to like uh, college or school in, in, or, uh, in Toronto as well? And then w- I see you're trained as a teacher. Was that what's your line of work of, of what you decided to study? Yeah, so with fashion, like, I never, even to this day, I don't, I haven't really figured out what I want that to be and, like, how to turn it into my 
full-time gig, even though it is my full-time gig right now. I don't know if that makes sense. Sure. But I'm still figuring that out. But, um, yeah, I went to U of T, got my bachelor's. I thought I wanted to go into politics. Very quickly, I realized that's not <laughs> what I wanted to do. I finished my degree, but then I went to teacher's college, and then I did my master's in childhood education. So I'm a trained teacher. I work for the Peel Board for five and a half, six years. I still work for the Peel Board, um, and I'm a teacher. And then through my, like, as soon as I graduated from teacher's college, that's when I wanted to start a passion project at the same time, which was like being creative with fashion and sharing it with the world. So a lot of my friends like um, Lily, Humble, they were really like in my ear about like, hey, just start putting your pictures online, like just share that. Um, you have Instagram now. That was when Instagram first started. Sure, sure. So then I, while I was pursuing teaching, I was just like taking pictures of my outfits literally every day. Shout outs to all the teachers, my <laughs> teacher friends who would be my photographers. Right. Um, so they would like take my outfit picture every day and I'd just like share it. And yeah, here we are. That is so cool. So let's 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 go through that first story. So you are teaching right now, and like you're wearing an outfit that looks really fly, and you're like, "Oh, this was something that someone resonated with." Do you remember what your first post was, or your first outfit that you were like, "Um, let's see if this would be cool to post." Um. Well, I do not remember my first post, but. I know that my first few posts and like the first year of my Instagram was actually when I was working at a law firm. So I was just finishing up my master's and like I started a little bit earlier and then I was working at a law firm and I would just take a picture of my outfit every day and like go into the public washroom, (laughs) put the phone on selfie mode and take a picture of my outfit. And that is majority of my first like thousand posts, pictures of me at this law firm or pictures of me like just out and about in Toronto with like cool outfits. Anything that I thought that would be useful to people or like inspirational, I just clicked and posted. Yeah. So that uh, law mm-hmm. firm has had to do a lot with your history. I wonder if they know that. <laughs> yeah. And I think I don't, I, they do know my boss, my ex boss knows that what I'm doing now, but I don't think he knows that, like, that's what I was doing in the bathroom. That's funny. It's like, why is I was the, still why is there for time. so long? <laughs> I, I was, I watched my time, I <laughs> do it quickly, but yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So, okay. So, um, you said, you know, your friends like Lily and, and Humble pushed you. So were these people that you've known just from Toronto or from, from, for your community? Or like, how did you, how, how did you get to know them? So Lily, I knew from before um, she started any of her journey as well. I, both of us did Bangra. So she would, her team was competing against my team a few times. Mm-hmm. So that's how we met. And I remember she was like recording a Bangra documentary or some, or a video to like bring all the Bangra teams together. So she came to one of my practices and we were in her video and then we became friends. And then in the beginning, all of her YouTube videos, when she needed extras, like <laughs> I would be there, I yeah. would be like, you know, the box in the Christmas video or whatever. So, um, yeah. And then I met humble through her. That's so cool. And isn't it inspiring to you to see these people that you saw at the beginning, just blossom in their own respective careers. That must be so exciting for you. Like, especially for us in our community, like seeing voices like that, who are diverse, who are, you know, you know, South Asian American or South Asian Canadian. It's just like, I think it's super inspiring. Do you feel that way too? Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm super excited, but at the same time, I'm just, I'm very grateful that I kind of got a front row seat in both of their journeys Sure, because that really showed me the realities of it versus just how beautiful it looks from the outside. Like I got to see the good, the bad, the ugly in both of their careers. And I think that was the most motivating, eye-opening, biggest learning experiences of my life. Can you share some of those things that you learned? Because I'm sure a lot of people who are watching, your, seeing your Instagram and seeing you know, Lily's success and Humble's success, they're like, wow, this looks like they have an amazing life. But can you share some of those, you know, behind the camera or behind the, the social media times for us that, that you learn? 
I mean, just like on a, a basic level, like every time either of them have been hit with hate. Mm-hmm. every single time like from the outside it just you just see all these comments flooding of people being mean but then I know them as real human beings and I most of the time know exactly what happened and what their intentions were and so seeing people hating on someone who you know is not someone worth hating yeah. because they're so wonderful and you know what their intentions are right that has and just watching how they moved in that situation and how they like govern themselves that was very inspiring. Like just always remembering, remembering that no matter the hate that they got, they continued to lead with love. Yeah. They continued not to even respond to anybody who hated them and just continued to do good. Um, that would be just one example. Yeah. And how did you, I'm sure because you now with, when you post content up and you're a creative, a creative person as well, how do you, how do you respond to people who have not so nice things to say about whatever you're posting? I just, um, in the beginning I would respond a little bit just to like try to explain to people that they're completely wrong in what they're saying. Yeah. Because the, the best thing you can do when you're upset with somebody is ask questions. Yeah. Like if you see something online and you're upset, you should ask a question. But right now in this society, in this like social media world, nobody asks questions. Yeah. They just jump to conclusions and they say, oh, you did this or Ray, Ray, Ray. And so seeing that happen once and twice, I was just like, there's never going to be a time where you should reply to this. Because you know the truth. It's just like it's like a rabbit hole. Like you're going to just start hating yourself and it's just not going to be a happy thing. And you know what your intentions were. You know what your truth was. If somebody wanted to know that, they would ask you a question. That's true. And I feel... And nobody else deserves a response. <laughs> totally. Because like social media responding to those trolls or people who are putting you down, it's like a black hole. One pops up as soon as you hit down two, right? And so it's just like... Is it worth my time? Is it worth my energy to engage with this? Or just let me be authentically myself and put things that I find value in and, and provide the, you know, uh, and so many other people provide value for and, and just block out all the other haters. Yep. You have to protect your peace. And you like these kind of things really, they hurt. Like a lot of people that are trolls on the internet do not see that it really does hurt. And it takes a lot more courage to say nothing and to block and delete versus responding or engaging in it. But it really, it takes you on like a whole journey, a mental health journey. Like I learned early on that it just, it's not worth it. My peace is more important. Yeah. I like that. Protect the peace. That's a really, really good line. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's talk about the positive side. You know, you know, along with all the people who, who bring you down, there's probably a ton of people that have engaged with you personally to say, Sandeep, Sandy, your stuff is inspiring to me. Can you talk about a story that you that comes to mind that really made you feel good about what you're doing? Um, I mean, those stories are also so often and that's like the greatest part of this journey because yeah. there's way more people who show love than than there are people that will hate yeah. and i mean if you're if you have haters you're doing something right right so, right you- i mean yeah that's um but i love hearing stories for me the ones that hit home the most are like when like family or like people that i know or or know my family reach out I think that always makes me feel like the most rewarded. And I know that's super Punjabi and like, (laughs) but like just the other day I had somebody reach out um, whose dad used to work with my dad, like back in the day when they immigrated to Canada. She was like, oh my God, your dad was at my wedding. You were at my wedding. You were a baby. Like, it's so great to see you doing these great things. Like seeing you on Nike ads, blah, blah, blah. Like that, I think for me was just like, and she was just saying things like, yeah, your parents were always so wonderful. They raised you girls so well, blah, blah, blah. And that made me feel the warmest because like, sure. it was a struggle for my parents to raise four girls in a Punjabi community and for all of their efforts to be paying off like this. Like, it just, it feels really great. And it just, like, it's all their teachings and it's all their love that's like manifesting. So yeah. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like, like, um, you know, I'm sure I, I feel like the gratefulness is coming through and just like the sense of, of pride of being raised by your parents. What do you tell them when they ask, like, uh, Sandeep, like, what are you doing with your life? Or like, what is something that exciting you? How do you tell them, like, dad, mom, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm excited about. Um, I mean, with my parents, for them, it was just important. Like, they were just, since the beginning, it was mostly my mom, because my dad was always just, like, the big teddy bear who just, he was just, like, <laughs> You love. have them wrapped like, around your d- finger? <laughs> yeah, like, he was, like, just love. He just went to work, came home, gave us a big, huge hug, and, like, that was his life. He just, he just really worked really hard, but a lot of the, um, like, raising us, a lot of that was my mom, and she was always just, like, listen, do whatever you want to do. Just make sure before you do it, get a job that pays your bills that can take care of you. Um, and just make sure you always do good. And like, you're, you're a nice human and like, make sure you at the same time, learn all the skills to take care of yourself. So like, learn how to cook, learn how to clean, learn how to run a household, like learn how to take care of yourself and the people around you. Like she was very big on building like a multi- human yeah as i like to call it like just a really dope human and just like sharpen your edges from every side like yeah that was what she was very big on so when i graduated and ha- i got a job right away so she was very like okay well like you went to school you have a job like do whatever you else you need to do just be good sure and remember who you are so it like it was very easy they never asked they never doubted they never like they never felt any type of way about it. Maybe probably because I, I did do it the way that they wanted me to, to a certain extent. Like I made sure all the boxes were checked before mm-hmm. I started being crazy. So, <laughs> um, yeah, they've been very supportive. They're at the same time. They're very like humble, like typical Punjabi parents who like when something good happens, they're happy for you and they're really, really happy. But then like right after that, they're like, all right, what's the next thing? Like get back to work or let's make dinner or like, you know, they're very like, great, good job on to the next. And that's, that really keeps you grounded. So totally. And, um, I want to go back to, you know, when you started posting about, uh, you know, your looks and your outfits, um, as you started building a follower base and building your brand, did you start to think about, my looks a little bit differently or did you did like my question is how did your style evolve over the years or has it evolved definitely it evolves every day but it just becomes more and more like bold more and more expressive yeah um more and more risky more and more explored like i don't even know what the right word is but like more and more exploratory (laughs) exploratory um exploratory Every day, yeah. Nice. And it's all just a lot to do with, like, my emotions and who I am, and that's how I express myself. So the more that I grow and change, the more my fashion will grow and change. Can you sh- can you share a story, an example of, like, I was feeling X way, so my fashion, the way I expressed myself outwardly was like this. Was there a, an example recently that you can share? Um... Yeah, like a lot of the time I feel like I'm either trying to like, I I don't want to say the word be somebody different because I'm not being somebody different, but sure. just like being a character. And when that, when I was in that phase, I bought a ton of wigs. So I would just wear different wigs every day. And I was just like, oh, today I'm going to be blonde. And like, that yeah, was just, yeah want to be every day so wigs was a big part phase in my life like two years ago where I was just like every day red green blue purple I, I was just and I just felt like I wanted to be somebody different sure. every day sure and so that's what we did <laughs> that's awesome and what or like feeling like you want to walk into a room and just like have everybody looking at you um, I have this one blazer that I just posted. It has like really crazy shoulders. So that day I was like, I want to be that bitch. Sorry, I'm not allowed to swear, am I? <laughs> no, you can't. Please. Oh, I was like, I want to be that <laughs> girl today. So 
I wore my crazy blazer. That's funny. And can you describe like what that feeling is like when you are expressing yourself the way you want to? Because the reason why I ask is a lot of people I talk to on this podcast, um, it took a while for them to find themselves and be comfortable sharing, this is who I am 100%. And I'm going to show them, show the world exactly who I am. Did it take time for you to feel that boldness, that confidence to be like, I want to wear a wig today, or I want to wear a jacket with big shoulders? Like, did that take time for you to build? I think that man, like it happens differently for everybody. Sure. So with fashion, I was always very expressive. Like as as soon as I had the means to make it happen, like I did, but I'm, there's other places in my life where I'm not as confident, like speaking or writing. Um, I'm not able to express myself as much as I can if I'm wearing a wig. And like (laughs) that was a lot easier for me to come to than learning how to write or like learning how to communicate myself with language. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. And talk to us, um, Sandeep, I'm really interested to hear your celebrity stylings. Like you've done it for so many different types of people. Can you talk through what your creative process is like? Is how do I come up with a specific look for this person? Like, you know, Lily or Bina Minaj or Humble. Like how did you come up with a specific look and, and what's your process like? So... My process is very much um, the same no matter who you are, what type of thing I'm dressing you for or what kind of service you're getting. Yeah. But my first thing is like I like to meet you and just have a conversation with you and get to know you because by doing that, I already get an idea of who you are, um, a sense of who you are. So I like to have a conversation with you. I'll usually ask certain questions like how do you like to feel when you step into a room what are your biggest insecurities with how you look like Mm. um i like to ask those kind of questions get to know people a little bit and then um from there just fly like just yeah yeah like and then from there it'll get a little bit different like if with somebody like humble like i know that he's not afraid to make a splash in any room like he's very confident he's very brave with what he wears so for him it's more like okay how do you want to feel like in terms of comfort like very basic questions like what's the weather going to be like like how what's your travel schedule like how much can you take with you like it'll be more questions like that versus like are you okay with wearing a pink flamingo on your back like i know he'll do that yeah yeah and just um asking like those logistical questions and getting a feel for the person and their personality and then just like pitching things. Yeah. Was there a favorite look that you did for humble or someone else that you're just like, man, I kill that look or I feel really, that was one of my favorite looks. I mean, I'm not going to be that girl and say this, but I don't dress people that often where it's a tough decision. Like all of my looks have been killer, but that's because I don't do as many. Sure. So I'll have like one look a month and they're all killer. Yeah. So I can't pick. Okay. Yeah. You liked all your babies. I understand. I understand. That's it. On the flip side, tell us about a time when you have struggled to find the right look for someone where you've met them, you've kind of got their vibe, you give them an option and they're like, um, Sandeep, I don't know. I don't feel this. Has that happened before? That has happened before, but it's more um i wouldn't I wouldn't at all want to make it seem like it's a negative situation like with women, it's very difficult to find something that you feel comfortable in, sure, so whether it's anybody like Lily or Bina or any or Salone, any of the cli- clients that I style like it's always a journey finding something that your body feels good in, sure. Sure. Physically. So that's always a challenge. And that's a challenge with women. Um, and that's a challenge that I'm like fully w- willing to embrace and like take on because that's my job to help you find something that you feel comfortable in. But there's many times where like I'll pull like eight outfits and one of my clients will try them on and like none of them will feel good on the body. Yeah. Like, so it's like, okay, back to the drawing board. Like, can you give a specific example? Like, someone had X issue where they wanted you thought this would be a perfect fit, but then they're like, you know what, this was not feeling right for my body. And then you change it and it became something amazing at the end. Um, 
I mean, I would just change the full look and like find something completely different. Okay. Or like it. with like or with like the Sandy suit. If there's like an issue with it, we'll go back to the tailor and we'll like, you know, start fresh or take it in or, or pull it out or do whatever we need to. Yeah. But with this literally it's like a back and forth. Yeah. What like is the Sandy suit? Can you explain what the that sandy is? suit is a suit? Yeah, it's a suit. Like, so I don't have my own clothing line, but I do have one item that I designed and created with Cyba Fashion. So, oh, cool. Uh, about yeah, about four years ago, I had come up with the concept of making like a blazer, a, a pant suit for women, like a power suit out of Indian fabrics. Um, oh, wow. And then, yeah, and then slowly we made it available for men and women, and it's made to measure. You can order one. Um, yeah, it's just like a, a brocade suit, like a power suit. That's bright awesome. colors. Yeah. And I think that's perfect, uh, example of who you are because like I'm taking something like a suit that's very Western and combining it mm -hmm. with something that's very Indian with a fabric. Mm -hmm. And that's just like yeah. a, who you are as a person that's uh, exemplified in the outfit that you're creating. That's so neat. Yeah. Yeah. So is so, it's like an example of who I am. Yeah. So the yeah. Indi Indian fabrics, like, can you explain what that means? Like, what type of Indian fabrics? So we work specifically with brocade, but um, for me, it was just like showing the power of an Indian woman through a Indian power fabric and a fabric that we've seen our moms wear. We've seen like you know our aunts wear. So yeah. that was kind of where it came from. Nice. Yeah. Um, can you tell, okay, I want to walk through with you a scenario. Let's say I'm someone who, I'm a, I'm a woman who's really wanting to meet with you and who's listening mm -hmm. and says, uh, Sandy, what is the number one piece that I don't have in my closet that I should get that I may not have thought about? What would you tell them if they want to make a statement? Oh, if they want to make a statement. Um. I just I want to say for every woman it's different because it truly is. Okay. It truly is different for but if if we're not trying to make a statement and if there's just like an item that every woman needs in her closet, then I would say since it's fall and winter, I would find a comfortable pair of thermal leggings. Thermal like leggings. Okay. Thermal leggings. And even for men because it gets cold and the best thing for you to do is to learn how to how to Layer your clothes smartly. Yes. Smart, not like, you know, like under jeans or under anything, like a thermal pair of leggings, you will be so warm. Yes. That's like my, to everything, especially do you, this. Season. Do you have a favorite brand or, 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 you know, leggings that you like? Or you would. I swear by Nike's thermal leggings. Like they're, they're so, they're thin and they hug your, like they hug your body so much that you can literally layer on top of them and you'll be so warm. Okay, perfect. So for, for yeah. guys and girls who are listening, Nike leggings, that's the secret. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, speaking of Nike, I want to talk more about your ad. Oh, yeah. Tell us about that story. Um, so I mean, I've been working with Nike pretty much since the beginning of my journey online. Yeah. Um, and I was casted as a, a model slash like woman of color in the city of Toronto. So it wasn't like just as a model, it was like for the work that I do in this, in the community. So I was casted to be in their launch of the vapor max in Toronto. So I did a campaign with them, like it was, was in it. And then after that, I developed a relationship with them and I started my own run club with Nike. So it was called the Lion Pack. Um, we did two seasons of running where we trained people from my community to run and prepare for like a five kilometer run. And um, last year at the end of our, when we trained for the run and then at the end of our run, we ran literally to my billboard bus bus ad or whatnot <laughs> in Toronto. Yeah, so it was like it was just crazy. It was like a, a little gift from them. That is amazing. It must have yeah. felt like how did it feel when you were running and you stood in front of a picture of yourself, like you know, that's like 
10 times bigger than you. Was that an amazing feeling? It was crazy, especially because I had no idea it was happening. Oh, like at all. So it was just like, it was very surreal. Did you take a a picture underneath? Oh yeah. I like took pictures. I made videos. I took my parents back. It was up for about two months. Yeah. So like I took my parents back and like showed them the, the billboard, my nephews, my niece, like, yeah, it was a moment. That is so cool. Yeah. Uh, do you, so has running been always something that you've been interested in or is that something that you've developed recently, uh, a, a love for that? Um, it's definitely not something that I, I loved or did growing up at all. I just, I've always had asthma, so I've always been afraid of running. And so meeting with Nike, I kind of expressed that to them and they were like, whoa, like you can totally love running and be an asthmatic and learn how to actually make your asthma better and learn how to breathe better. Sure. Um, So that's kind of like a journey that I took on with them. Um, It's still very challenging for me, but I try to push myself now that I'm in a new city, I'm getting back into running and um, I do love it when I do it. Um, and it's it's just that thing that you just got to get up and do it. Yeah. 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 I feel like when people find something they love from like, you know, that moves their body and gets their body like in in a, in a, in a way that gets them moving, their creative side comes out a little bit better because sometimes I feel if your body is, you know, taken care of, your mind can just go into places that you didn't think were possible. Absolutely. Like eat well work out, take care of your body, self-care, and everything else will fall into place. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about another creative outlet that I thought was super interesting, you know, when you sent your bio over. And I heard this before, but I read it again. You wrote a children's book. Oh, yeah. Tell us about that. I did. So during my master's, it was actually something that I did during that time. Um, I wrote a book. I wrote and illustrated a children's book that was centered around literacy and um, providing money to communities that don't have access to education for children. And, you know, just sharing the fact that like literacy is something that we all are a part of. And like, Mm -hmm. we, we can all relate to people no matter where they are in the world based on a book that you've both read. So I decided to write a book, like sharing that with children so that the idea of, education not being everywhere is something that they they're aware of Mm -hmm. and you know they can be grateful for what they have and also try to inspire change and like you know get everybody in school so it was just a book that I wrote about that and just sharing like children in all places of the world reading the same book nice was that was that hard to do to write a children's book because I've heard I've heard online that writing a book for children is much harder than writing a book for adults because Um, go ahead. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think when I did it, it was just like children and teaching is something that I'm very passionate about. So for me, it was like, it was like easier in that sense. Um, But I think writing a book is just a task that, like I don't, I don't know how well my friends Lillian Humble did it. It's like <laughs> crazy to me. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's. I don't know. It was challenging, but it was just something that I invested time in every day, and like I kind of had an idea of what I wanted to write, and and drawing the pictures was so much fun. Yeah. So, like that. Yeah. So that's something I love about you, Sandeep, is that you have so many creative outlets that you know. And you jump in, like fully 100% in, two feet in, which is so cool because, you know, so many people have these ideas, but they just are nervous or scared to jump in. What advice would you give people who have ideas in all these disparate kind of things, books or fashion or movies or creative or literature, but they're scared to do it? How did you get over that yourself? I think you have to start hanging out with people who are doing it too. Uh-huh. You have Your to tribe. be around. Yeah, you got to have a have a try. You got to be around people that inspire that and that pull it out of you. And you got to be talking to those people. You got to be around them. Um, and then you you have to dedicate time every day. 
mm-hmm. to doing and that like in this field like you also have to realize that it's gonna always be on you so you're gonna have good days you're gonna have bad days and that's okay and mm-hmm. just you just have to remember to get back on and just recognize that it's gonna this is gonna be the journey being creative is um it's within us but it's it's very hard to turn it into like a daily thing and yeah. just have motivation every day and for that you just got to be around the right people and you have to make that commitment yeah and you know you recently told me that you moved to new york and to 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 you know what was the reason to move to new york was it to find the more of creative outlets and or find a bigger tribe that you can bounce ideas off of yeah that and just being in a in a place that's just exploding with energy and just like yeah. you know be in that space and kind of be in a space that's uncomfortable for me like away mm. from home so that will kind of push out the creativity and just um accessibility like there's more here yeah a lot and that's going okay. on. i can yeah there's a lot more going on in new york and um i can just take that and then bring it back home yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Do you, uh, you know, you talked about even in the good days and the bad days is to keep going. Do you keep a daily routine or daily schedule that's important to you in either personal care or creatively that just keeps the, you know, the, the wheels turning, the system moving? Um, I had a much more of a, like a strict routine when I was in Toronto, but I have like a loose routine here in New York where I try to have four to five days where I wake up, work out or wake up, do my emails, work out, um, do some more work, have lunch and then do my meetings and whatnot, or just have full days where I have meetings. And I try to just have that regular. And then I try to have one or two days in between where I'm not doing any of that stuff. And I'm just at home doing like cooking, meal prep, laundry and just like watching TV yeah, and just like doing other things that inspire me. But I try to have a bit of a balance of like my four days out, my two days in the house. Like I try to have a bit of a schedule. That's good. Cause you know, one of the, uh, one of the quotes I love, uh, I think it's from Jerry Seinfeld. He's like, to be a good comedian, you have to write a joke every day for like a year or like mm-hmm. write f- for every day. You know, it's more that consistency versus just that, you know, one massive creative burst and then you're done for the rest of the time. But I, I, I think okay. that's that's right because, you know, doing something every day and or at least five days of the week is is super important. Yeah. Um, and just having a schedule in general. Yeah, having a schedule in general. Can you give everyone who's listening a sneak peek of things that you're excited about that you're working on right now or that's upcoming in the next few months? Um, I mean, this is the one question, like, it's, I don't even know what's happening tomorrow, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, just more, it's, it's only going to get better from here. Like now I'm in New York and I'm like on another level. So just stay tuned. I, and it's only up from here. That's right. That's right. Follow her (laughs) and you'll see, see where the journey takes us. Yeah. Cool. Um, I want to uh, switch to our rapid fire questions. And again, these are questions that we yeah. asked all our audience okay. members. We've got some very, very interesting responses. Um, so first question for you, Sandeep, is, is there an item that you've bought recently that has dramatically improved your life? It can be big or small, but can you think of an item? An item that has dramatically improved my life. Okay. Apple's new AirPods. The pros? Yeah. Oh, nice. How do you like them? Noise cancellation on these is ridiculous. Like, I can be on the subway in the middle of New York City and I will hear nothing. Wow. Um, yeah, these dramatically changed my life. That's awesome. These Those just came out, right, a few weeks ago? They just came out, yeah. That's cool. I, yeah. I, I invested in noise-canceling headphones um, as well, and I, it has changed my music and listening experience. I was like, how did I listen to things before when there's like an air conditioning going on or a washer or like, as you said, the subway? <laughs> these, even if it's no music, like once you put them in your ear, it's like, whoo. Yeah, your zen mode, right? <laughs> Silence. Like it's just, it's so crazy how good they are. That's awesome. 
All right, yep. AirPods Pro, guys. You heard it first from here. <laughs> yep. Okay, second question for you. Um, when you think of a South Asian person you look up to, who would you say comes to mind and why? Uh, Lily Singh. Lily, okay. And tell oh, – I know we talked a little bit earlier. But... Right here, the ring. <laughs> what, uh, what is the ring? Oh, that's the ring. That's like her – whoa, where's the camera? Where, oh, right there. It's like her logo. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. So she's is she given that to all her, you know, people in her tribe basically? Um, I don't know, but I took it from her. So <laughs> You're like this But she my... does sell them online. Yeah, she has like a whole line of them. That's cool. And yeah. why what about I'm Lily just... inspires you? I know we talked a little bit about it, but anything that just, you know, m- m- makes you her look consistent up to her consistent drive, like her consistent everyday just her motivation to get up and do 900 things and just her ability to stay kind, grateful and loving throughout the process. Like there's nothing more inspiring than that. I, it's, like, it's, yeah. And I remember yeah. seeing her on her first late night show. And it's just like a moment where my wife and I just kind of was like, this is big. This is a huge thing for us yeah. to, to come this far in. Um, you know, seeing someone that watched the, her YouTube videos for years and now she's like on national television, like that was amazing. So I agree with yeah, you. It's crazy. And as you said, she's the person on the inside is like the most beautiful part about her. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So I fully agree. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next question is, is there a movie or, or book that has had the most impact on you? Um, um, well, this, I'm not shamelessly plugging my friends, but <laughs> this is Humble's latest book, yes. um, things no one else can teach us reading this, like, because it's so easy to read and it's short, short, short chapters. And they're just like, he tells like a a small story that's personal and you can kind of relate to it. And then he kind of brings it back to how that applies to everyone else and what to take from it. Like just the way that he's packaged it up into nice little easy to digest way um, is what I love about reading it. It doesn't feel heavy to me reading it. Mm. It also, I like that it's emotional. Um, So like I'm an emotional person. So I like to read emotional stories that make me feel something and there's just so many different gems in here. Like I can literally open the book to any page and there will be like a gem. Seeing a bigger picture without judgment is the only way we can have a clear view of the life and future we want. That's that's deep. Yeah. Was was there any other thing from the books that stuck out to you that really stuck with you or was re- resonated with you? Um, I personally haven't. Um, dealt with like death of anybody close to me, but his chapter about death with and in and his dog, like that was just like on a whole other level, mm. and like it made me feel like less afraid of that when I do have to face it, because that's like one of my fears. Like I don't like that. I don't even like thinking about that like anybody dying, but the way that he presented it just made me feel like, okay, like it's going to happen. And here are practical ways for me to be prepared by reading this chapter. Right. And it's like talking about something that is, that hurts to think about or or talk about, but in a beautiful way, right? Because it's a natural part of life that everyone has to go through or be a part of at some point and facing the fear versus avoiding it. Avoiding it. Yeah. Feel the fear and do it anyways. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I know we touched a little bit on this before, but I was wondering if you um, had any other um, pieces of advice that you would do differently if you had to start the journey again, if there was an up-and-coming South Asian person who was interested in fashion and, and style, what things would you do differently or what would you tell them that you didn't do or you wish you could have done? Again, I, I, um, I don't think there's anything that I would have done differently. I think I'm I'm grateful to have had the platform that I have and mm-hmm. to have been able to use it the way that I did. I wouldn't have done any of it differently. Um, I 
would say to anybody who's up and coming to just continue to create stuff that's valuable and stuff that makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the likes. Don't worry about people liking it. Do it because you love to do it and it, because it makes you feel a certain way when you do it. Um, and share the love with everybody. There's no competition. Bring everybody up. Lift, lift everyone. My mom and dad always say be with people when they are going through the worst times in their life and be with them when, they, when they're going through the best times in their life. And I think like that's just a community that we need to have. And yeah. I love that. I love that. And it's like, you know, the ocean rides or uh, raises all boats, right? So supporting yeah. everyone and especially in our community, like, you know, if someone is doing well, that doesn't mean you're not doing well. It's like if he's doing well or she's doing well, they can all we can all rise together. That yeah. that is that is great. I love that. Um okay. Thank you. Any final ask for the audience? Anything you would like to leave them with before we close? Um, just honestly, whatever you're doing, just keep dreaming and just keep having those crazy dreams that you have and just keep doing things to make them possible. Whether it's like, like starting, I don't know, like whether it's like starting a, a, a new business or like doing something, just, just do it. Whatever that crazy dream is, like just take that step and just dive in. I love that. Like, yeah. The, the Nike ambassador in you is coming out. Just do it. Yeah. So what was it? Show them what crazy dreams can do. That's right. Sponsored by Nike. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Um, Sandeep, thank you so much for being on. We really appreciate thank it. And, and uh, make sure uh, you follow her on Instagram. Um, any other places that people can find you? I'm on all social media platforms other than, other than TikTok and Snapchat. Got it. I can't do it, y'all. I'm at the Sandy Lion everywhere else. Perfect. So we will make sure we link that yeah. in, the, in the things. But thank you again, Sandeep. Take care. Awesome. Thank much you so love much. And peace. Hey, guys, it's Samir again. If you'd like to hear more amazing stories on South Asians around the world, please check out SouthAsianStoriesPodcast.com and subscribe to our email list. That's SouthAsianStoriesPodcast.com. Thanks a lot and see you next time.